curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. With more than 27 years of financial expertise, today's guest, Vince Parlov, brings a unique perspective to the challenging and competitive marketplace that is mortgage origination. Over his career, Vince has overseen rapid growth, taken a company public, and even set down an underperforming company. As a result, his experience and expertise are on full display in this episode as we uncover the many ways United Wholesale Mortgage is dominating in their field. There are many similarities between what his sales team is tasked with doing and what each of you are responsible for on a daily basis, and the discussion about how their company is dealing with a digital disruptor is a key discussion point for many of us as we're faced with the same challenge, providing value beyond what a buyer experiences with an online purchase. Vince really brought a lot of knowledge and expertise to this episode. I really enjoyed the discussion, and I hope you feel the same way. Give it a listen. So here we sit on a Monday night, late summer, suffering through what was just a miserable heat wave, dude. Oh, some seriously bad uh, storms over the weekend. Yeah, buddy, whatsoever. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so thanks for coming, man. I appreciate you wandering down and spending some time with me and chopping it up here about uh, what it means to stand out in a crowded and noisy marketplace. So I want to give you the opportunity for the listeners out there who, who don't know Vince Parlov to, uh, as I call it, like humble brag a bit on your career, kind of where you've been, the field that you're in, and kind of what, what that journey has led you to to sit in this chair today. Sure. Well, thanks. Thank you for having me, Roger. It's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure and it's always good just to, I like the format of, of this, you know, just being a conversation. I think that's what people resonate to. But so me, um, I uh, came out of college in 1992 and got right into the mortgage business. I kind of stumbled on it because recruiters were at Adrian College. This was a small liberal arts college in, in southern Michigan, and they were looking for specific people, sports grinder type folk. And uh, I, I fell into an opportunity to go work for a company that was owned by Ford Motor Company called the Associates Financial Services. That springboarded me from a training perspective 
which I'll bring you back full circle that <laughs> we have today, okay. um, was extraordinary. I don't, I don't think I would have been where I'm at if I didn't have that education piece. And, you know, it was, it was um, you know, a, a process that was aligned with more income and things of that nature. And it just brought me through. I was there three years at the Associates. Took me to a time where an associate of mine that I became uh, friends with at the Associates, we catapulted that into a company that uh, over time turned into uh, Franklin Mortgage Funding or FMF Capital, which we took public in Canada in 2005. So that was like my first endeavor. The associates through FMF Capital, I went and worked for, ironically, Great Lakes Bank Corps that turned into (laughs) TCF. I had that experience of going through a a merger. I really, I've, I've never really see myself as a bank guy it's a right. different pace and things of that nature not that it's bad or no good, no just different just different you yep. know um but that allowed me to work there and then go at night and help build fmf capital gotcha 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 so, which was a real neat experience so that took took us through really you know the the, the great recession 2006 and 2007 we unfortunately had to set that company down 2008 right around there i i wasn't around for the final set down i i had departed um in 2006 and then i aligned myself and became the president of uh, a regional company called uh, michigan mutual michigan mutual um at the time was probably 50 employees they were doing, uh, we track ourselves in the mortgage business by yearly volume, monthly volume, which equates to yearly volume, obviously. And then, um, so Michigan Mutual um, was a 50-employee company that was doing 25 or $30 million. Um, I joined that company in 2007. And then uh, in 2012, we had about 500 employees. And that year, we did just shy of $2 billion. So that was a very nice very, very nice Explosive run. growth. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in really not the best of circumstances from an economic perspective at the beginning of that run-up, right? I mean... Yeah, you had the big quake in 06, 07, 08, depending yeah. on where you were and right. what was going on. And you know Michigan took a bigger shot because we lost an industry. Exactly. On top of, you know, getting smacked with the, uh, you know, that downfall. Right. But you're right. Uh, we, we had some aftershocks in 2000, especially in the, in the mortgage business. We had one in 2000. Uh, 10, 12, you know, kind of like these little blurps that really, you know, sent the, because uh, the whole industry was trying to find a, a way not to go back So we had to, you know, we had to wait for, um, you know, all the folks in Washington, D.C. to catch up with the rules and regulations and put them in place. And that's when really, you know, we had some things that came down in that 2011 to 2013 timeframe that actually really, you know, really kind of smacked the mortgage industry again, you yeah. know. Um, but now, um, you know, I, I, I stayed, I was president of uh, Michigan Mutual uh, through 2000, um, 2016, and then I landed, uh, you know, in my position of director of wholesale development here at UWM, which is the uh, you know, largest wholesale lender um, in, in, the, in the country. You know, we're vying for the number one spot of all mortgage lending just behind Quicken right now. You know, we'll do $100 billion this year. Yeah, really so on the map. it's it's astonishing to believe that uh, that that type of scale is capable of being achieved, right? And it's unique in that here we sit in Metro Detroit, and we have what would be considered the two largest mortgage originators in the entire country vying for that title against one another, basically right down the road from each other. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and from a, a 
size of operation perspective, number of employees. I mean, the footprints are very similar. Yeah. And, and to think that we have those here in Michigan, you know, I think if you ask the average person about mortgage origination and where do they think that the big companies are headquartered, you know, I think you'd think Silicon Valley or maybe out on the Northeast somewhere, not, yeah. not here in good old Midwest in Metro Detroit, you know, so it's yeah. a little bit unique. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I've heard some jokes in the industry that uh, they're going to change uh, this, this city to the mortgage city instead of the motor city. <laughs> All right. Because you're right, not only do you have the two biggest in the country, now you have Flagstar. You have, uh, you know, um, Homebridge, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you, you got some other companies that are here that are, may not be, you know, Vine, but, you know, heck, there's, uh, you know, some top 10 guys that are right here in the, in the States. No doubt. And, and when, you, when you talk about that, obviously the, uh, the knee-jerk reaction is to think like, oh, my God, like how are they being successful competing in a marketplace that has a relatively small number of actual homes but i mean we're talking about even though we're headquartered here in sleepy detroit i mean you guys are competing for business everywhere right and and so when we talk about the marketplace itself you can't hide from the competition in the the far reaches of the geography right that everywhere you are they are everywhere you try to go somebody's already there right so so I, i i bring that up only to compare it to the promotional products marketplace that has you know, countless thousands of distributors that are out there competing for marketing and human resources dollars on advertising spend against one another. There's a lot of similarities in that, you know, the, the difficulty and the challenge is being able to stand out and have an offering that's differentiated that people can point to and say, there's a compelling reason why I should be doing business with that company. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, it, this would probably be a good spot to kind of explain the difference too because even though we compete in... Uh, with Quicken to, to the degree that we both produce a mortgage, you know, that we service and things of that nature. We really don't compete. They're, 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 they're business to consumer. We're yep. business to business on yep. the wholesale side. So um, while they, they play a little bit in that market, we really don't compete with each other right. from that standpoint. And we are all wholesale. We don't have any retail. There isn't a retail loan. If you wanted to come into my office tomorrow, you couldn't. There wasn't anybody even there taking application. For <laughs> right. You know, I mean, we just don't do that. Right. As you talk about competitors and things like that, the, the, the mortgage industry, you know, has, has a lot of different factions of how, you know, they're, each company's made up, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, which, which comes into play. So anyway, so that's what we do. And I think that's what, why, why, what kind of sets UWM apart I know we're going to get to the, 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 the technology piece here in a little bit, but one of the things before the technology is, is that we're, we're a monoline company. We, we do one thing great. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, you know, I say, I've heard people make the analogy to, to you, know, in, you know, instruments and things and that. And I'm not an instrument guy, but, you know, you play one great. And I mean, there's, a, there's anomalies to that. Sure. You know, that rule, you know, there you got people that can play two or three instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. You know what I mean? But for the most part, you got one person that's a saxophone player or a, you know, percussion world class. or whatever. Yeah, world class. World class you know, at just that. And that's sure. what we, we, we like to think of ourselves as. So. Yeah, well, and, you know, if you think about pure supply chain from a logistics perspective, right, uh, the promotional products marketplace, we have the overseas factories in most instances that are creating the product that are then stocked on shelves somewhere here in the United States waiting for an order to occur. They're uh, personalized and then shipped out to their intended destination. But Unlike a direct-to-consumer business, we have an interim step in that process where a promotional products distributor serves as a broker and will decide if it's a water bottle that the end buyer is interested in, in buying. I have a number of factories that I could choose 
in order to source that product in order to be able to deliver that outcome to the customer that they've asked for. So in a lot of ways, like what you're doing in comparison to what Quicken is doing is uh, they've cut out the middleman in some instances, and you are still using a network of mortgage originators that are specific to building relationships in those uh, geographies where they're living and working in order to create those loans that then you guys can close on, correct? I mean, that's a, you hit it right on in a nutshell. So, and, um, yeah. so, so talk a little bit about like the nuance and the difference between how those things work. And then I'm sure you'll touch on that where the technology comes into play in your side of what happens versus what happens if they go another route. Right? Yeah, we are 100, in 100% belief that the best place for a loan officer to work is for an independent mortgage broker. And the best place for a consumer to get a loan is an independent mortgage broker. You have different options you can go. Uh, if you go down to one of your big banks, you know they have a suite of products and you got to fit this lane. You go to an independent mortgage broker. You might have, uh, you know, you might have a high balance nationwide program that they offer that you know uh, your typical bank, or you know, doesn't offer. Or you might have, you know, it might be the right uh, FHA loan might be the right option for you. A conventional loan, depending on what your your, your circumstance. They have a whole suite of products, and the and the and the folks that we put together, we sell that. So as a director of wholesale development, I help entities become independent mortgage brokers. Well, I think we've touched on that, you, me, and you personally before. So what I, it's great that we, we offer that service to an individual when they come to us, and we not only help them get approved at UWM, we give them options for other suites of products that right. they do. Because when somebody comes to me, there may be a loan officer that just does conventional. But then there may be a guy that does um, home equity loans, maybe uh, uh, construction loans. And we don't do those. Right. You know, we don't do those loans, but I help them put together their entity so they can handle their suite of products that, you know, they may have to service their, um, their realtors or the, just their book of business. Right. Well, and there's geographical nuance, right? There's regulatory nuance based on what area of the country that you're buying and selling real estate. There's uh, a real estate investor or are you a single family homeowner, right? I mean, there's, there's so many different niche markets that can be served by that broker if they decide that that's the specialty that they're interested in, right? And that affords a much broader array of opportunity for the individual consumer when they arrive at that moment that they made the decision that they'd like to make the single biggest purchase that they're probably ever going to make in their entire life, right? So you think about how that scary that is because a normal human being, if they get an opportunity to buy a home, you know what I mean, and they put themselves in that situation – does this transaction maybe two or three times in their lifetime, right? Yep. And then they got they find themselves, you know, in this and, and the times have changed because the loan that you did 15 years ago and, and today is a whole different, you know, experience. Right. You know what I mean? And so that changes as well. So you really hit it. And you know, and I think one of the things, you know, kind of knowing your business and our businesses is that you, you know, you can sell you know, I think you use the analogy of water bottle, bottle or a sweatshirt or, or, or a golf shirt or something like that. You can, you, today, you could get somebody from Nebraska to call you or California or Maine or something like that. Our folks need to be individually licensed in each one of those states. So there, there's a compliance. Um, you know, I know you have rules and regulations that go over state lines and things like that. There's probably sure. some stuff that I'm not giving it credit for. But, you know, there, there's a process to be able to do that that's a 60, 90, in some states, six-month process to go through to be able to do that yeah i mean california for us the regulatory environment there is 
There's this thing called Prop 65, which is warning labels that you have to put on things that are cancer warnings. And, okay. and uh, California's requirements are far more stringent than anywhere else in the country. And if you're not savvy enough to understand that those requirements are necessary, you actually run the risk of actually being fined by the state of California. Yeah. So you have to be very careful in understanding the complexities of each of the places that you're trying to do business or else you run the risk of really getting yourself in financial trouble, not only in whatever black eye you might get with a customer. See, I didn't even know that. You know, it's funny because, you know, you you got your explicit rules and then you got your kind of your underlying rules of what you can and can't do. You know, that it seems like we both in our in our industries have explicit rules, you know what I mean, that you have to do this or suffer this consequence or, you know, this fine or whatever it is. You know, it's 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 crazy. It is crazy, yeah, totally so. for sure. Talk about so obviously most people listening will have heard about Rocket Mortgage and being able to apply for a loan on your phone and that may have a certain appeal to de- different demographics. But talk about on your side of the transaction how technology enables what you guys are doing and how that compares. Yeah, for us, it separates you know the big boys from the little boys. It really does. I mean, our our technology is second to none out there, and uh, you know, and and you know, Quicken has made the Rocket Mortgage you know get approved in minutes and things like that. They've they've put that staple out there, um, and uh, but uh, really all of our we provide our broker community from us just by being approved with us a rocket mortgage vehicle right okay and they don't have to bring the loan to us right so one of one of the uh the gets from being or doing business with us is that you get that mm-hmm. you know we offer folks a, a we call it a client loyalty manager or a crm you know type deal so they don't have to have, have loans that they've closed with us to use that. So we offer them them a suite of, of uh, service things that they can use that they don't have to necessarily, you know, be doing 100% of their business, nor do we, we think that's, that's, that's really proper. You should be uh, uh, you know, approved with three to five lenders. That's who I see. The guys that are out there that are grinding every day, that are in the business, that embrace this business, really have three to five investors that they're working with. You know, and if they need something else, you know, they're very particular about who they bring in because if you think about that, then that spreads you to everybody's got a little different process, right? So that spreads you to six processes. Now you got to get your loan officers in in, in, in tune with six pro, you know different companies. So yeah, you're shaking your head. You get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, so that's it. So once again, it's something about being defined from that standpoint. But but the technology piece, when you, I could give you twenty names right now. And you could call five of them, and I think they would all tell you, I don't even think I know, that if I've got a loan, it fits this bucket, it's going to UWM. You've got folks that are turning you know, loans around. A big um, uh, a factor what people ask is how long does it take you to underwrite a file? We've been one to two days. Uh, we did. We had an influx of business at the beginning of the year. We went up for a couple months. We went up. I think we got as high as four to five days. But that way we hired folks and brought them in and brought that down. And now we've had the same amount of volume, and we've we've met the call. You know the the, the cure for that. Yeah. Uh, that volume, and now we've been one to two days. So you can close a loan with us, and really, I think it's just over fourteen days. Which is unheard of. Unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. Not only that, though, I think part of the other piece that that is important is um, your technology enablers for your partner. You've got far more than just what you described there. I mean, you you were talking about that in comparison to a competitor. But I know that you you guys have you've built really a, a, a technology infrastructure for things like 
marketing and email management and notifications of if if a certain amount of change happens in that person's rate or if they're getting close because they've had home appreciation that maybe they don't need PMI anymore that like yeah. that triggers an activity that lets the person who's managing that relationship know that they should be reaching out to that potential uh, new prospect that is already in the system for, from the original and the value of that as someone who's getting up every day and fi- trying to figure out where am I going to go find a new loan, knowing that there's the possibility of a handful of emails at certain intervals uh, augmenting my existing prospecting to help me even further my efforts. I mean, I, I don't know why someone wouldn't want something like that, right? So Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, not only is it the, the uh, you're, you're specifically referencing our, our client loyalty manager, which has, you know, five or six triggers that send a loan or give the opportunity for that person that has that CLM right at the broker LO level. But right. not only that, but we, you know, we offer our, our customers that do loans when, when somebody either calls in and it's that broker's, uh, loan, we give it back to them. If they pull it, uh, we have trigger triggers that don't, um, you know, really associate themselves with the CLM. That if they pull a credit report or a mortgage credit report, as we refer to it, we that account executive in our um, in, in our facility in Pontiac lets that broker, hey, listen, Vince Parlov, you know, is out potentially looking for a mortgage. He's, you know, he's done, he's had some activity that would lead us to believe, you know, give him a call and um, and uh, see if see if there's a need. You know what I mean? So there's things like that that we're giving back uh, over and over again. So that you know, it's really it's a partnership, right? That's, yeah. That that that's what we're creating. Um, you know, you you were were just in our office, you know, a week or so ago. You saw. I think we're 4,300 people in Pontiac, Michigan. <laughs> All of, that's on purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to go outside those walls to find a solution to that. And, and that makes us different than... All the other wholesale lenders, I don't think there's a one out there that has all their folks. You know, usually they're regional. They have, you know, they have a home office in one state. But after that, you know what I mean? You got a, you got an AE that's on the road. All of our AEs are internal in a call center environment. Oh, that's a huge plus for them because yeah. they got a problem. You know, most recently we just had uh, one of our hugest technology kind of breakthroughs probably in the last three or four months is a client request, or we refer to it as a CR. Every industry has their acronym. Sure. Client request. So client has the ability to, uh, technology-wise, to say, hey, I've got a problem with my loan, and that, depending on, they have a, you know, a, a list of drop-downs where they, if it's an underwriting problem, if it's a rate problem, if it's a closing problem, they can help route you it, know, route it yeah. and that goes to the, the folks. I mean, I think we're solving problems that, um, you know, are, are taking minutes, yeah. you know, at, at most a couple hours right. where people on the road, if you got an A, you got to call an A, yeah. then you get ticked because that A is a calling you back. So you call the underwriter, then the underwriter says, I'll get back to you. In the meantime, <laughs> the underwriting assistant calls you and says, hey, yeah, it's this loan. It's kind of stuck. This is what I think. Why? You know, then all of a sudden you have three people working on the same problem and then you get a call seven hours later. Um, you know, the AE's coming out of his kid's basketball game saying, hey, I want to call you back on this. I got sidetracked. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all handled. And that's the power of us having, you know, Pontiac, Michigan as our headquarters and everybody in that. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that uh, here at the tail end. But the, the, one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on, in addition to, like, just the amazing similarities that exist between our two industries is um, you specifically, you know, we're the same age and... We, as much as anyone, have to figure out our own ways 
to stay relevant because everyone that's behind us is far more savvy when it comes to ways to do that, that we like what's, what's natural to them is learned for us. And so uh, you guys have, you specifically and the company, you know, you guys have really focused heavy on video and um, I'm really interested in like diving into a little bit about why you made that choice. You know, what was, what was the impetus behind doing that and kind of what have you seen as a result of those efforts? So let me tell you the answer to that question. It's changed my business tenfold. I mean, it is, if there's anybody out there that's listening to this, just, it, just do it tomorrow. Yeah. And, and most people won't. Um, it was, a, you know, you go through the, you know, I don't look good today. I don't sound right. I don't just forget all of that. Just sit in front of a camera. I have the luxury of I have, I have a, a marketing department behind me that's that's pretty solid, and they help me with um, not really content. I come up with the content because I'm boots on the ground. I am you know Adam's apple deep every day in this business, and I hear what's going on, and and you know sometimes I'm astounded how deep I am in the business and the stuff that I don't hear. I'm just like, <laughs> how did I miss that? But just do it. People want to make a mistake if you stumble on your words. Who cares? Just don't edit it out. They want to hear, um, and what I've heard over and over again, you're real, you're talking about what, uh, you know, we want to hear. Um, you know, I, I, I try, these are, this week I came up with a new one, um, you know, it was five pro tips in five days, just to give people, just quick, uh, you know, my goal was to get 30 second hitters, you know what I mean, about what's what's yep. important, um, um, and um and, and going from there, but you know, if that's what I can tell people, you know, out there, you know, forget about if you're old, if your hair doesn't look right, if you're, you know, <laughs> if you don't feel right today, you know what I mean? I, I typically, personally, I, uh, I film these in the afternoon and I post them in the morning, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, for whatever reason, that's just what's kind of worked. I've had anywhere from, um, a Seven or eight hundred, I think, views all the way up to six or seven thousand views. Yeah, I mean, it's so, so it's you know, it's all, all in there. Overboard. And I don't try to get crazy about, yeah, I track that just like you track. I mean, I think anybody that's uh, that's doing something, you got to have some sort of uh, you know, kind of prove your why, you yep. know what I mean, and what things work and make little tweaks. I think that's all makes us great and tracking, um, tracking the numbers, but I don't get deep into. You know why this one was sixteen hundred views? Yeah. Why this one was eighteen hundred? Right. Just move on. Yeah, yeah, get a yeah. different topic. Move yeah, on. You'll get a migraine. <laughs> yeah, you get a migraine. Drive yourself crazy. So, um, you know, so that's it. But I mean, if I can suggest to anybody, you know, it, it really has changed my business. And I think the next thing is you can't do it for a week. You can't yeah. do it for a month. Oh, I mean, you're telling me you're the shows you've been doing it for two years and you got data. And before we on here, we were going through the data. I mean, that's that's cool to me. That and and people, you know, get used to hearing from me. You know what I mean? I I, I try to do at least one a week. If there's a special topic, I, I do another one. So you might see two. So it, I'm not wearing people out, right. in my opinion, but I'm giving them content and they tune in. And it's short. Um, I mean, you're you're keeping them bite sized. So yeah, that, you know, it's yeah. like. A little moment with Vince during the week, yeah. right? As a reminder, hey, I'm still out here providing you value and let you get back to what you're doing. Get right? back to what you're doing. You yeah, know what I mean, from that standpoint. So, um, did I answer your question? Well, I, the, I do want to touch on the fact though that you you guys have pretty much said we're going all in on LinkedIn. So, to tell us a little bit about that choice and you know why why you felt like that was the way to go. So, you know, our 
our business, you know, listen, we, I mean, we, we got some things. I think if you go out there and find our Twitter account, our, our um, you know, Facebook and things like that, it just, because of our particular mortgage business, being business to business and mm-hmm. what I'm doing, I can touch people on LinkedIn, I right. think, better. Um, I've just recently, I, I, my, my idea was to kind of keep Facebook, you know, and I'm not a big Facebook guy. You get a couple posts from me a, a month maybe, and usually it's related around my kids or, you know, a sporting events or things of that nature. But I've since in the last four or five months, people have kind of gotten the crossover and hit me and just, <laughs> I, I blend in. You know, right. I'm figured. So I think, I think people kind of go to the Facebook piece, not necessarily because I don't post anything business-wise. I think it's kind of proof in their deal that you're really real. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's their, yep. at least what I see. Yeah, it, human, I mean? it humanizes you. It humanizes you, yeah, right? For you know, sure. The guy's got kids. Got the guy's kids, got yeah. problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He loves his Uncle Tony. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> he misses him or whatever. You yep. know what I mean? It's, yep. It humanizes you. Well, so. and, and what I'm starting to see, like even in my business now, as I'm doing research on businesses that I'm considering whether or not I feel like what I do would be a good fit for them, I'm doing that research often on Facebook, and I'm doing that to learn about the brand, but then when I, if I decide that that brand checks the box, then I move to LinkedIn to talk to the people, mm, right? Interesting. And, and so for me, by, by having video on the place where you go to talk to the people, if they find you and they see you and they realize that you provide value, they'll keep coming back to you, whereas on Facebook... You have to be a draw just organically for them, or you have to go figure out where they're at and somehow try to plant that content where they're at, and that is far more difficult, right? Like, yeah, it's easy to learn a lot about a business on Facebook because they'll tell you a lot, of, not just even in the way that they've created their page, but what they put on their page yeah. tells you a lot about that business, yeah. right? And yeah. so if that business looks like, all right, like they seem like they want to make the world a better place. This seems like somebody that might be a good fit for me. Now let me go figure out on LinkedIn of all the people who work there who might be the one that would be the person that would best receive my message. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, so by using those things in conjunction with one another, I feel like you get the best of both worlds without having to A, be redundant where you're posting the same shit on both. Like don't ever. Yeah. Right. Please, for the yeah. love of God. <laughs> like, and to your point, like if people want to know more about you as a person behind the business person, then – by all means. I mean, I've got way more Facebook friends than I ever thought I would have. That's me too. And that has a lot to do with the fact that once people get used to me on this side of the, the street, they're like, well, let me see what he's like on that side of the street too. Yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah. so I think those two things work well in conjunction with one another. All right, last question. So, yes, man, 4,300 people under one roof is impressive. And I told you this before we got started. Like, I walked out of that place buzzing. Yeah. So uh, energized by the energy and the culture and the activity and the just like even just the noise level in there. Like you can either take that as like it's a distraction or you can take it like being at a rock concert and feeding off the energy of what's going on in that yeah. building. And it was just so palpable to me. But I want to get at a little bit around when you put that many people in one roof. You know, we have a lot of discussion in our industry about the challenges in communicating between different generations. And in that building, you've got every single one of those generations oh, under yeah. that roof. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do me this. What are the truths and maybe what might, might be supposed truths about the youngest members of that 
4,300, and how has their presence had an effect on the culture overall? Yeah, so I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Uh, Matt Ishby as our president and CEO, if I didn't mention him, and this is his brainchild, and you know, he fought against this industry has not been one of put everybody under one roof. You know, right. there's there's folks that are for other independent mortgage brokers that that use a wholesale lender. Uh, the guy's in a car, you know what I mean? You got a, a rep in Washington, you got a rep in Florida and things like that. That's a distributed workforce for sure. So it's been his brainchild and, you know, he's done a great job when people said it wouldn't work. He's stuck with it. You're right. We have 18-year-olds all the way through, you know, 70-year-olds. I look at it as a way of of staying young by, I migrate to the younger. I was just, we have, we have summer team members. I think we had almost 140 of them. They're, they're in their last month. Um, you know, they, they all leave August 6th, I think, or 7th um, this, this year. And I, today I took, you know, I took our summer team member out. We went and had lunch, you know, and things of that nature. And, you know, he's attracted to the same things that you are. So at the end of the day, yeah, there's an age difference. And you can call it a gap or you can call them millennials or, uh, you know, Gen Z, Gen Y. I'm going to tell you, I don't even know, you know, what the delineation is. But... I, it, it, it's just, it, it, I go in and I get pumped up just like you. And I'm pretty, pretty lucky every day that drives me. I love that energy. I love that being around. Yes. Does it get loud? Sometimes you got to go find a little cubby if you got to have a, you know, and the funny thing is people on the other line will tell you, you know, Hey, listen, I can't, you know, we're, 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 um, um, and you can find a spot. You right. Know what I mean, to go have that. You go sit in the boat. Was on the third floor now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's what it is, you know what I mean? That's how I look at it, you know? And, uh, and I enjoy the younger generation. There's, you know, just like with whatever age it is, there's, there's guys in that generation that want to learn, that are grinders that you can just see. You know, you and I had an experience, you know, at lunch that we spoke about, you know, and there was a, a kid in there that, that came up to us, you know what I mean? I introduced you to him, you know what I mean? And I said, that kid gets it. Yeah. You know, he gets it at a different level because it's, 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 He's a grinder. He's, he's one of the first ones in. He's one of the last to leave. You know, that's, that's been, been my motto, the old Gordy Howell theory, right? Your first one on the ice, last one on the ice. You know what I mean? Type, yep. type theory. And he gets it. Um, you know, I was in at 7.30 this morning, sitting at my desk. Somebody uh, uh, called the, the, our hotline at beamortgagebroker.com, which is the, one, of the, one of the ones we use to get people that are looking to become an independent mortgage broker. And he thought, I thought I was going to leave a message. Guess what? You know what I mean? I was there. You know what I mean? I don't get too many of those. Sure. You know I mean? But but you, you probably know, love the fact that you got the chance to answer the phone. Got right? chance <laughs> to answer the phone, you know what I mean? Picks it up and he goes, I was going to get ready to leave a message. You know, yeah. for somebody to call me. Yes, there are ways that perhaps our cultural references, our movie checks, our uh, things that we want to ask people like, hey, did you watch this show? Did you watch that show? Like, yeah. some, a lot of that doesn't equate. But that doesn't mean that there's not other stuff that those people want to engage with you about. And if you just find the common ground. Right. And you know what the common ground is that I see most of the time, and especially in that building? It's about winning. Right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't care how old you are or how young you are. If you want to win, most of the time what you're either trying to do is you're trying to be the superstar at the expense of everybody else's success. Or you're looking for other people that can help you be successful. Yeah, and that's really where it breaks down to me. Like, it really isn't necessarily oh, she's twenty, I'm fifty. We're probably not going to be able to make this work. It's like no, I'm looking for 
are you a baller? Like, because if you are, I don't care how old you are. I don't care what color you are, what national origin, what background you are. Like, if you can play, I want you on my team. Yeah. Right? And I think that, to me, in what I saw, was there's just a bunch of people in there focused on winning. And I think in a lot of ways, uh, to, to assist you in that discussion about Matt, I think, you know, his background as a college athlete really shows up in the culture of that business. Yeah, and arguably uh, played for the, the best coach. Forget about what basketball, football, you yeah. know, that we'll talk about for a long time And Tom Izzo. Uh, let me bring this full circle for you. So I was working with, we, we got a guy on our team, still wet behind the ears, probably, you know, probably early 30s. He came in, and, and one day we were both there early in the morning, and I seen him, he, you know, he had all these papers, you know, spread on his desk. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And I walked up to him, and I said, what's going on? He goes, wow, you know, I got this account. I'm trying to figure out the similarities with this account, with this account. I'm getting good business from here. getting some good reaction from these guys. These guys call me back. They take my call. These guys won't, but they're doing some of the same business. And I, and I said to him, I said, it doesn't matter. It's just numbers. And he said, well, what do you mean? So I said, how many, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we track three things. We track an import, which is like a prequal. Okay. You can probably relate to that. Yep. We, 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 we track a submission, which mm-hmm. is actually a full file, and then a closing. Right. At the end of the day, you get so many imports, they turn into submissions, they turn into closings. And I'm sure you can give me an analogy for, for your business right now, right? You have so, three metrics. So, so here's, five metrics here, here's what we say, Vince, like in sales. I, I write about this all the time. It's just math. It's, it's just math and numbers. It's how, how many turn to the next stage and how many do you need those of those that turn to be able to get to your number? That's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> you can give me any business I can, you, and you can too. You can probably give me a half an hour idea of what it is, you know, you got, you know, whether you're selling medical supplies or whatever <laughs> it is. So the funny thing is, is that today I, I take this summer team member out um, and we have lunch and he goes, Hey, I've seen you help to, um, you know, Matt, his name has to be Matt, and it seemed to help, and I seen his numbers, because the summer team member writes all the numbers every day of our new, how many submissions, how many imports, how many closings, and he goes, I have written his numbers, and he's done nothing but in the two and a half months that I've been here, but gone up. Uh-huh. He goes, what have you done? I uh-huh. said, I just opened his eyes to, it's just numbers. Right. And the hardest thing that a lot of people don't realize is, is that, and you can relate this to Mortgages, selling lemonade, or pruning roses, right? <laughs> and making a great rose bush. Sometimes you got to get rid of the people that are giving you business, but aren't giving you the right kind of business, or you got to analyze that. And I see that once again in him, he has pruned his group of folks and he's gotten rid of some folks. It was hard. That first one was tough, right? He didn't want to give it was four loans. He four loans every month. I'm like, you're wasting your time with them. And, and that wasn't that they weren't good. It's for somebody else because now you got to replace that guy with an eight. And then you got to replace that 15 with a 20. You know the game. Yeah. You know, you're shaking your head. Yep. I know I'm hitting, yep. hitting some chords. Yeah. My, my face is hurting from smiling because yep. uh, us old guys want everybody else to remember that it's just math. Yep. And on that note, sir... Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. A lot me. of fun, man. I appreciate it. It's been, been a pleasure. And we, uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. So there you have it. Wow. What an amazing number of similarities found between the mortgage origination market and the promotional products marketplace. The idea of there being a direct-to-consumer technology-based provider 
and the ways that United Wholesale Mortgage is using a people-based approach fueled by technology to combat what's being done in the space to disrupt the traditional uh, supply chain of mortgage origination is so very pertinent when it comes to what's going on in the promotional products marketplace and really anywhere that technology is being inserted into the potential sale as a uh, potential competitor for any salesperson. So much to be had in here. Vince, his long career, it's evident that the uh, concept of hard work is really, really important to him. And the idea that it's just math resonates with almost everyone and especially Vince in this conversation. Really, really enjoyed that one. I hope you did too. Please, if you're liking what we're doing, share the episode to others and please subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to get the quality of guests like Vince and we'll keep at it. Thanks.